Why it, did you pick? Why did you pick to do the label you did? I mean, it was a group pick. It wasn't really. It was just us spitballing ideas, and you know, we we talked about maybe a Georgia Georgia Tech theme, or but we figured nobody would buy the Georgia Tech, and we didn't want to do that in the store. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of BSN Bourbon, everyone. We've got a special episode tonight. I'm Bob. I've got my good buddy here, James. You want to introduce all our special guests and why they're on this? Well, anyway, we picked a Chattanooga whiskey on July 16th. You remember that date, Bob? Man, that's been a long time. Yeah, it's uh, it's right on a month and three days. And we were the first two in-person picks, correct? Yep. And... The audio y'all are going to hear is probably not the greatest. We apologize. Uh, with, with social distancing, we all had to be at least six feet apart, but it was a great experience nonetheless. They had several barrels for us to try, and we picked two home runs. Well, they had six to be exact. But So with this, we were invited by some guys to come up and, and do it and, and record and, and have a good time, and I'll let all these guys introduce yourself. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is uh, Chris Walters with Nose Your Bourbon. Um, I create bourbon nosing kits that help you find the nuances in bourbon. So if you've ever read a tasting review and you said you've read, you know, brown sugar and dried cherry and, you know, vanilla bean and thought that's either BS, that's appropriate for this, it's either BS or it's lack of training. Um, mm-hmm. I've come to find that for myself, it's lack of training training. And so created these kits that have kind of helped me and have helped, you know, hundreds of other people kind of um, find those, those nuances in the, um, the things, things that they're drinking. So thanks so much for having me on the show. Is, is Copenhagen a part of that tasting kit? You know, there's, there's some pipe tobacco. I can't, I can't quite, uh, I can't disclose the brand, you know, but it's, there's some genuine pipe tobacco in there. That's, that's one of my favorite notes to, to pick up on something that's, you know, older, 12, 12 plus years. I, I just love that. Pinch of Copenhagen or a little, little scratch of red man in there. There you go. Does the great Ascot, does he use your nosing kit? <laughs> I'm working on him. I'm working okay. on him. <laughs> hey, I'm Gar Miller. I'm on Instagram as ATL underscore whiskey. And uh, my intro is not uh, nearly as exciting. I just like to drink bourbon. And I appreciate y'all bringing me on the pick. That's why we get along. Craig McKinney, you can find me on Instagram at bourbon picks. Uh, like Garn, just uh, a fellow booze hound. Uh, like listening to the BS and the bourbon side of things. So uh, I think I, I originally said I'd, I might enjoy James's part just as much as, as Bob's, which Bob then sent me a few messages. So anyway, uh, look forward to getting these picks out to people. Um, look for all the great things coming out of Chattanooga, including their rye. They're putting out some uh, straight fire right now, guys. You got to go check them out. You know, I've muted Bob just because I didn't want to hear his comeback, but um... – my part is more entertaining. <laughs> no. And uh, I was going to say that the rye they're putting out right now is killer. Yes, sir. It really is. We, have uh, we don't care what Zeke has to say. Yeah, yeah. We have a review coming on that also. It's got to be better than Zeke's. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, this is Greg from Bourbon Finds. Um, I just uh, enjoy bourbon. I enjoy hunting for bourbon. And uh, now I enjoy picking bourbon. And I uh, really did appreciate you all letting me tag along and pick these really good uh, barrels from Chat Whiskey. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Greg, for uh, including all of us, inviting us. You could have easily invited other people that had more knowledge, maybe, definitely more than me. 
Someone with a damn better better palate for sure. I picked the winner. I mean, I just hate to tell you when when uh, it all was said and done, the uh, old char number two P thirty seven toast is going to reign supreme. I promise. I I had no nobody wanted to dispute me. All right. Well, thanks everybody for coming on the podcast, introducing yourself. Thank you, Craig, for letting uh, inviting us on the pick. Every one of us here. It was a real nice experience. They they you know rolled out the red carpet for us. Really appreciated. Yeah, I, was, I really appreciate all of you guys being able to come up on the pick. I'm a big fan of Chattanooga Whiskey, everything they're doing up there. And when they approached us about uh, coming up with an idea to do their sing, their new single barrel line, I knew I kind of wanted to get a group of people that were real big whiskey enthusiasts from around Atlanta to do this pick so they could taste it for themselves. I had gotten the opportunity to taste some of these barrels prior and I knew they had some bangers in there, and I just really wanted folks to be able to get up there and try it. When they offered the opportunity, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be great. So I really appreciate Scott Williams and Bankhead Beverage and Such Patel out at Trout's. Those two stores really making this happen for us through Chattanooga. And then obviously the crew up at Chattanooga, Tim, Grant, Dan, and the rest of those folks up at Chattanooga, we really appreciate them as well just having us up in the middle of a pandemic they found an awesome way to do it where we're socially distant. They kept everything super safe and we really appreciate them, all the efforts that they went to because I know it was difficult to, to make it happen for us. Yeah. So, uh, so since then we, you know, we've had bourbon days out at Bankhead. I've went up and seen such up at, at Trout's both welcome me in. Like I was family. Definitely. Yeah. If you haven't checked out these stores, check them out. They've got some good stuff going. I've, I've tasted a lot of the stuff from Bankhead, which I haven't previously been able to do. And then I've tasted some stuff from Trout's while I was up there too. I mean, it's a two good stores that are trying to do things the right way. That's right. I, I know some folks are like, well, they're so far out there. Well, you know, sometimes it's worth the drive to make it out there and, and see good stores that have great picks on a regular basis like that. You can go out there and load up uh, at both of those stores. They both have uh, stock full shelves uh, with, with awesome picks that from people that know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, people say the same thing about our home store, Cork and Keg. It's too far out. But really, it's not. I mean, if they welcome you home like family, it's not never too far to drive. So we drive Thank to Nashville to go to stores to yeah. see with friends and treat us like family. So, yeah, definitely check them out. Check this pick out. Uh, it'll be coming out within the next week. Next, we'll have the barrel picking experience at Chattanooga Whiskey. Enjoy it. If you've never been on a barrel pick, it might be an insight of, into what we do when we go pick barrels. Craig's been on a bunch. Bob, everybody here has been on some barrel picks. So if you haven't, Check it out. Prime time. Prime time. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the first time I've ever done this, which is pretty damn cool. So, so yeah, first time we've done this. It only took a uh, pandemic to make us do this, so, you know, no big deal. This is cool. This is actually technically the, uh, these are the second and third uh, Riverfront single barrels that we've ever done before, which is super exciting. Um, we did the, the only one that we offered. You guys may have seen it, but we offered uh, it was it was online and it sold out in 45 minutes. So that's a good sign. Um, we were really thrilled with how that barrel turned out because um, it is it was it was very representative of our 91 recipe. Again, just to kind of like reiterate what the 91 recipe, where it came from, what it's all about. Um, it's, it's the story of Tennessee High Malt. Like, Tennessee High Malt is our own style of straight bourbon whiskey, okay? 
So, barrel number 91 was the 91st barrel out of the experimental distillery. So, in the first two years of experimental distilling, from 2015 to 2017, uh, we had distilled over 100 different high malt bourbon recipes. So, we wanted to choose um, basically what would replace 1816 Reserve, 1816 Cast, which was a three grain, like traditional MGP um, recipe. It was actually a high rye MGP recipe. So, uh, barrel number 91 was selected as the overwhelming favorite from our team to replace that, and that is what we scaled up here at Riverfront. Uh, so, Chinese 91 recipe is a four grain. So throughout that process, by the way, because they were all all those hundred those hundred plus barrels, those hundred plus recipes, they were all malt forward. That was our specialty, right? It's a malt forward straight bourbon whiskey. So throughout that process, um, the majority of those recipes were also four grain, and uh, utilizing um, many of them. Specialty malts. So barrel number 91 really, um, we felt like could replace 90, or 1816 Reserve, 1816 Cask, because it did have some traditional straight bourbon elements that we love, that made straight bourbon what it is. Alright? Um, but it was richer, deeper, more complex, and it was not just because of the recipe, it was because of several other steps in the process. It was uh, so again, the foundation, it was a high malt recipe. That is the foundation, right? So four grains, three specialty malts, greater than 25% in specialty malts. We're using non-GMO yellow corn. We're using a malted rye. We're using caramel malted barley. And we're using honey malted barley. So those are four grains that we are utilizing that came from our barrel 91 that we scale up and what is in front of but beyond that, there's so many more steps that we take um, in each step of the whiskey production process to generate more depth, more flavor, more richness. So, again, foundationally, four grain, high, high specialty malt recipe, um, longer, colder fermentation, lower proof distillation, lower proof barrel entry. Uh, when it goes into 53 gallon white oak barrel, it's not just a four char. We actually go into a variety of chars and toasts. But for this, you know, you'll see that some of them are four chars, some of them three chars and toast. Because when we're distilling, what makes Chattery Whiskey 91 and Chattery Whiskey 111 is half four char, half three char with our own custom toast profile. Because even that alone, four chars to a three char with a toast can generate 20-30% different flavor profiles. It can be massively different. Then 91 goes into a Solera barrel. Now these did not come out of the Solera barrel. Okay? These were before the Solera barrel. But 91 goes into a Solera barrel at barrel strength. 111 bypasses the Solera barrel. It's, and each batch we produce, each fermentation yields about eight or nine barrels. So when we bottle 111, we actually take four of those barrels, or when we, when we distill it, we take four of those barrels from a three jar with a toast, four of those barrels from a four jar. So when we bottle it, 
we bring them together. So again, it's just the complexity comes from more than just the recipe, it comes from more than just the barrel, it comes from fermentation, it comes from distillation, and we're proud that 91 is the flagship that now we've had out in the market for a year since we launched it in August. So this product is actually continued to age, so this is actually greater than three years old, whereas when we launched 91111, it was a little over two years old. All right, so even that age has increased a little bit since. But this is our oldest, these are our oldest uh, expressions of 91, of recipe 91 at barrel strength. And again, because we're aging different toasts and chars, you're gonna see that you have different toasts and chars to choose from. I, I assume, I'm not gonna get too deep into like our history, but you guys, are probably aware of like our vote whiskey campaign. We had to change laws to be here. That's a big part of who we are. Prior prohibition, all the distilleries that exist in Chattanooga are a big part of who we are. But we feel like though that's a cool part of our history and really what inspired us to come back for the first time in 100 years and be the first distillery in Chattanooga in 100 years, it's not, that, that part really doesn't hold a flame to what we developed to what we put into developing Chattanooga Whiskey 91 and Chattanooga Whiskey 111. That process, beyond just changing the laws, after that process, being the only experimental whiskey distillery in the country, where now we've done over 300 different barrels of high malt bourbon experiments. So that road, the road that led to 91, and now here we are being able to drink the first single barrels of 91. These are very uh, historical moments for Chattanooga Whiskey, and I'm just really glad that we get to hang out and do this, and you guys get to be a part of our history, and um, you know, and sharing it with uh, you guys, accounts, people, fans, is um, what makes this history special. Time, uh, of the years developing this place, and the whiskey in front of you, um, and uh, I, I don't think I can do a better job than. Tim on summarizing the history behind Tennessee High Malt and uh, the high level of, of what makes it tick, but just to reiterate a couple points, um, as Tim pointed out, this is a this recipe has been in the making for a number of years. I joined the company in 2015, at which point um, you know, uh, Chattanooga Whiskey was kind of trying to figure out what it wanted to be when it grew up, and uh, I was fortunate to be brought in at this at a very early point to have uh, you know some level of impact in, in, in deciding what kind of whiskey we wanted to make. And uh, as Tim's pointed out, we took a very highball-focused uh, approach to bourbon, mainly because we felt like it was the the most the one ingredient that's very underappreciated, under. Um, probably understood, misunderstood, and uh, gave us the most creative freedom to really explore what flavors we wanted to, you know, put into the profile of the whiskey. Many people kind of assume when they hear malt it as like a commodity, like rye or like corn or like wheat. But, you know, I came from uh, the brewing industry and that's where my influences came from. And in brewing, uh, malt is is not a commodity. It's uh, made by hundreds, 
uh, of, of craft monsters all over the country, some big, some very small. Um, and they all have their very specific approach to bringing flavor to a grain, a seed, essentially. So malt, you know, to me is, is uh, basically sprouted grain, but then after that you can, you can turn it into pretty much anything else you want. Uh, so there's coffee malts out there that are roasted like coffee. There's smoked malts out there that, as you guys, you know, speaking to, speaking to uh, experts on this, but you guys know uh, um, uh, a lot about, more about malt than I'm probably giving you credit. Um, but anyway, the, the, the vast majority of malts in the specialty malt world, I wouldn't put them under the same category as malt from a, uh, a big distillery. Malt from a big distillery, they're looking, and it's not a, not poo-pooing at all, but uh, malt from the standpoint of a traditional distiller is there for process, some flavor. Um, why? Because the barrel is king when you're talking about traditional bourbon. And what we wanted to make at Tennessee on malt was, was paying homage to traditional bourbon because we spent so many years loving it ourselves, uh, selling 1816 and telling the story about changing the laws here in our town. Um, but we wanted to, to kind of push the non-book when it came to flavor. Uh, and malt was one of those places we could do it. So, as Tim mentioned, specialty malts are a big part of our flavor profile. And for two years, we experimented uh, a lot in that realm. For two years, we spent figuring out what kind of whiskey we're going to make. And the, the common thread was high malt. And we settled on that one recipe, which was 91. Um, again, honey malted barley, uh, caramel malted barley, and rye malt were three specialty malts there. Each give their own unique um, addition to the flavor profile. Um, but as Tim mentioned, each part of our process is really designed to highlight this character and add to it and synergize with it. So every step of our process is designed to kind of heroize the malt, add to it, synergize with it. So fermentation, our process is very geared towards bringing out the grain and malt flavor. Uh, our barrel selection process, or sorry, skipped a, skipped a couple there, but distillation and barrel proofing also very focused on, on uh, capturing that, that flavor that we worked so hard to select a recipe. Right? Um, so what you've got in front of you right now is pretty much peeling back the layers of Tennessee Imol from a barrel perspective. As Tim mentioned, we don't work with just one type of barrel. We work with a couple different types of barrels. One is a classic number four char. The other is a uh, pre-toasted and then charred barrel. Each one of those adds, one is very traditional, charred barrel, seared for under a minute, uh, you know, essentially burnt on the inside to a char. Develops a lot of caramelization reactions, develops a lot of flavor. Very traditional in its profile. The other, the other side of it is the toasted and charred barrel. And for toasted barrels, we pre-toast for 30 to 35 minutes on our particular toast profile. Um, and what that does, it goes deeper into the staves. It develops a lot of really high expression extractives that are going to give you sweet, kind of rich caramel tones, um, confectionery notes. And together they make 
91 what it is and 111 what it is. So long story short, our single barrel program, when, when we decided to do one, we, we thought, okay, what do we want it to look like? And naturally, we didn't want to just leave one of the profiles out and pick the other one for all the single barrels. So we thought, what a cool way to express a single barrel program like uh, none other is to peel apart the layers so you guys can see exactly what makes the flavor profile tip. So from left to right, um, you've got three different samples here. The first sample A is a traditionally charred A. Uh, sorry, sample A is traditionally charred to a number three. So under a minute, probably 45 seconds of burn time on that one. Um, sample B is a pre-toasted with a profile 37, and it's charred to a two. And sample C is charred to a traditional number four char. So number four, out of the three of these, number four, we have another set over here, just to remind you. Number four is one element of Tennessee Highmalt's profile. But we have a, a lot of wild cards in our, in our single barrel program because that's the best way for us to express what Tennessee Highmalt can be across many different barrel profiles. So what you'll notice in, in a char three might be a little lighter tone in terms of caramel character. Um, I won't tell you guys what, what you're smelling or tasting. Um, but number two, with the toast profile, you might notice from the color and the flavor that toast is going to bring out more confectionery kind of tone, more kind of extractives, uh, probably a sweeter character. And then the, number, the third sample is probably, I, I would say, probably the most traditional three from a classic element uh, perspective. So if... Uh, yeah, so each proof, uh, entry proof on all three is 115. Relatively low proof, low entry proof industry-wise. Uh, and that's basically to, to favor a balance of extractives that take wood based flavors and sweet flavors. So um, the exit proof, though, to our surprise, um, went up here in, in Chattanooga, in our particular distillery, with these thick uh, cement walls. Uh, and number one is at a, one, a little over 117, number two is 118 and a half approximately, and uh, the third C is 117 and a half approximately. So they're all in that 117, 118 range. We see a lot of that with our single barrels this year. Um, generally speaking, you know, when uh, humidity is high, you tend to evaporate more alcohol, which we have a very humid environment, but in our case, we're evaporating a little bit more water faster than the alcohol. So it's a little bit of a surprise. It's probably the nuance of our kind of above ground dunnage kind of system here in Chattanooga. Um, but it's a very hot building back there. You can walk around at some point. Um, but fully appreciate the, the heat and the terroir of, the, of what Chattanooga brings to the situation, what our, what our rack house does. So, um, Yes, yeah, so you guys can see. Uh, what passes yeah. Check out. It's not telling you what you should taste, but what our distillers tasted when we looked over these three barrels in terms of their profile. It gives you an idea of maybe what you might expect from the, each of the flavor profiles. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any questions about what I was rapping about? I don't want to be too long-winded. Give you guys a chance to just. Enjoy what's in front of you and not listen to me. Maybe explain the difference in the uh, toast. 
Yeah, so this particular Toast, Toast Profile 37, compared to our house profile, it's a little bit longer, so it's probably in the 40 minute range. And it goes from a very low temperature to start with, to a moderate to high, and then it drops off and drops back down. Um, what you get when you get through a range of temperatures on this toast profile is a very extractive, as opposed to if you just pick the same temperature and let it stay. You know, think of like baking something at home, if you just set it to 350 and leave it, you know, you're going to get that consistent profile because the heat is kind of doing the same thing over time. Um, but with this uh, temperature profile, you, you start to change the composition of the wood a little bit differently at low temperatures, and then you, change, you start to change it in different ways at a little bit higher temperatures. And when you drop it off, you're kind of doing something completely different to it at the end. The, the reactions and what happens inside is not fully understood by anyone in the industry. Don't let them lie to you and say that they do understand exactly what's happening because it's all based on Maillard reactions and MSLOs, degradation, very complex stuff that researchers everywhere are just trying to like wrap their heads around year over year. But generally speaking, higher temperatures destroy more and lower temperatures kind of retain a little bit more. Um, so you don't want to keep uh, these temperatures too, too long or else you just destroy the flavor. So this is kind of a high limit of time and temperature without before you start to destroy some of these flavor compounds and turn them into chalk, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think it really expresses, even with the char too, look at that, the color is just so different from even a number three and number four. It just shows you that the number of color compounds, the flavor extractives, all those compounds that are locked into the wood, how deep it goes and how numerous they are when you go deep inside the wood for that long period of time. So 40 minutes as opposed to a minute of charring, big difference. Um, and what I like to say about char the charring piece is that think of charring as kind of like a searing of a steak or like a real thin layer cake. And toasting, you either make that layer cake really thick and you have just a bunch of more varied extractives to go after, uh, or it's like kind of roasting something. So kind of like baking versus meat searing kind of uh, analogy there, but uh, in any case, you get some some crazy stuff in some of the toast. And we get some folks who just who like the toast, but it's not their cup of tea. Uh, and we get a lot of folks who are, you know, purists from a bourbon perspective, and they like showcasing maybe the the malt and the spirit a little bit more. And, yeah. And samples like beans. I've been there for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll find. Yeah, you're kidding. I haven't looked. You know, this is heroizing the barrel. We felt like it was worth uh, doing it to a level where people could fully appreciate what the barrel brought in all the different ways that it can. And uh, I think we achieved that in, in our approach. Whether or not, you know, you might want to see more of type of one particular or another, but this is kind of how we decided to dissect what? Yeah. So, uh, how are you guys gonna pick the barrel? What's the what's the process here? How are you guys gonna? Just, what's, what's you got a rating system or something or? 
Here's how I do it. Is it good or is it not? That's a good rating system. <laughs> yeah? yeah? All right. There's a twang that, that, that you search for every time you chase something that, that's there in one of them that I don't think, I don't think you'll, you'll replicate it. It'll so be, we, we, might, we might replicate it right over there, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, you do it's have, something different. Yeah, I mean, it's something different to me that, that, you, that you don't find in a lot of different things. So, so just out of curiosity, show of hands, who hands down already has a favorite? All right. They're, they're all good. Let's, let's just go ahead and say that. They're all good. I'd drink any of them, but there's something special. Something special to me. So we, we don't have to pick one and one from each group, but we just wanted to do it at flight. Yeah, if both of them come from the second flight, that's up to you guys. You guys can choose whatever. It's going to be a fantastic second flight if both of them come from, I'm telling you. I like a little caramel bag. I like a fish. I want that unique taste. But I do, I'm, I'm number one, it's kind of dry and it's uh, different. I just want that unique taste that you can't get yeah. in a bottle. It's something different that you're not used to having, but you would love to have, you know. I'm like more like that. I just, just you, something you're looking for, the taste you need is somewhere that you find that you're not gonna get in another bottle, you know. Me and you pick one together. There you go. That's it. Then I'll turn around and show hands. I'm going to let y'all pick. This is. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let y'all pick. This is. To me, this is not my bid. This is y'all's bid for me. I'm going to let y'all make this decision for me. What did you smoke on the way out? I'm going to sell that part. Things in common. Okay. Who's the third? I, I, 
I got the fruit and it just, it drank like a single barrel. For some reason, like to me, it, it was the one that it tasted most like, I guess, the stuff I've recently been picking. So okay. It, it just felt like hard. All right, cool. So, so you got fruit as well. So we got, got so all, all three have fruit in I think that's, I think that was the thing. For me, with, with, with A, was, this is the most like other pigs that I've had. Okay. Like it's the most traditional. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think because it, it was just a level three char, right? That's, we did straight down that road, right? So it kind of stood out that way. Yeah. It was the most in its lane uh, of the three. All right, cool. It's, it's pretty tropical fruit, like here in the Starburst and the orange. Like, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's like, that mango, pineapple. Huh, cool. All right. Grant, do you have any explanation for tropical fruit? <laughs> 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 Alright, so great. Um, B. Uh, Alright. Wow. That's everybody else. Good job. So there's no, no seeds. There's no seeds. No seeds. Seeds is one you can just crush. Exactly. It's what? It's very soft. It's very soft. It's very good. This is a crushable. Alright, guys. Can you see the bottom half of each other's guitar? Alright, alright, right on. So, right, so, so, so let's talk about B for a second. So we, how many do we have of B? Uh, five. Six. All right. Five. So let's talk about B. What, what, what'd you get out of it? What do you like about it? It was close some, for some people, yeah. It, it takes all the good parts of A. It yeah. makes them a little bit better. And it, to me, it doesn't drink as hot as A. Yeah. Even that's though it is a higher proof. That's what surprised me. Toast said it was the highest proof. Yeah, it does not. It does not taste, taste like that. I got, I got some char, a lot of toast, toast dry, yeah. uh, a lot of little spice. To me, it was the most unique. Yes. Okay. See, so it's that unique taste I was looking for. Right? I was going to say. Hey, it was my party of Yeah, that was my favorite. Y'all don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> the nose started it though. Like it was the smoky. I got a lot. I got a lot of smoke on the nose. That yeah. And it was unique, so it's one of those, if you want the unique smokiness, then it definitely its own. Yeah, I've just never been in the smoky type of I'm not either, but I didn't get that. that, that yeah, when I looked at the ship and I saw it pointing towards there, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. it didn't go to that smoking test. I didn't get it. Huh. I don't remember uh, drinking it, like mm -hmm. on the taste. Yeah. I don't think it on the taste of smoke. Yeah, the smoke might yeah. be that twine that I got. I got, I got, got a portion of sauce. Oh, really? That that stood out to you guys. Why you like raisin plum? Raisin plum. All right. I agree with that. I got I got marshmallow. Marshmallow. Yeah. Like s'more. S'more is a pin. I must. I put red wine at first. I was like, yeah. Like something. Red wine. Like a like yeah like a tangy peanut butter or something. Very rich. Consider more of a bacon barrel. It's something that I would actually gravitate toward for a, for a single barrel. 
Is it even possible? I don't know. Alright, 
Alright? C is your number. So that's four. Uh oh. Okay, alright. We got to be by one. Alright. So, so C, five C's, four C's. Hey, you just want you to qualify that? Huh? Alright, so, right, so
think I'm going I think I still like A from the first round more than I like any so of the second round. That's what I have yes. done yet. So that, 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 that the difference, yeah. folks. Yes, that's the next question. So, you go back to, like, when you, when you said that, I go back to is any in that, that second round better than one and two in the first one? A and B? Not to I me. I don't know. I thought I didn't think like, as a whole was stronger than the first flight, but that's, I need to go back and do side by side by side. Now, C, I mean, still, even though we've been drinking, some of the, the, the in your face of A on the first round is, is gone, but it's still yeah. there. Yeah, just had a chance to air out a little bit. Yeah, true. Sure. What? Just had a chance to air out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I think what we're saying is we need to taste A from the last round and C from the second round. I think that's and a see where it comes out. Yeah. yeah. Because we never beat this the first round. First round. Now, you're yeah. going to compare these and they're now, or you're going to make compares straight out of the ball? You got to look at A. That's what I'm going to ask yeah. the question, Bob. Hey, for sure. You got to air it out, okay? Correct. Correct. Those are the number twos. So those yeah, are the number two. Yeah. Yeah. We all know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm gonna stick my foot All right, so let's uh, let's talk about our tallies here. Um, so round one, B was the was the most votes of any of the rounds. Yeah, we're saying B is in no matter what. Was six. Can I, can I get a yes. B is in. All right, so here, hey, who, who wants to refill uh, B in round one? I did too. Round one. All right, we got B is in. The question is, the question is, is it A from round one or C from round two? Is barrel number two? That's the question. Y'all guys, let me see why that's true. Y'all agree with that? Is that A or C? So A, so yeah, A, A from round one got three votes and C from round two got five votes. But B from round two did get four votes. But it doesn't, but so I mean. B from round two. So we can, we can, we can. You want to do all three? Yeah, let's do all three. So, for, so basically, you're, what you're saying is, is that you're going to shoot in B from round one. That's their first selection. And your sec second selection is going to be between A, round one, or B, C from round two. Is that right? All right, yeah. All right. That's my favorite. Yeah, Uno, B, four for four. Round two. Round one, B. Round one, B. Round one, B. Yeah, that's right. Is that thing? Do they want to have two toaster barrels? Please. Yes. That's true. B, round one, selected. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. All right, so A, round one versus. All right, so who was. First round A. First round A. Four first round A. Alright, well, they're going to keep them down that